Hey guys, JP here from the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast, as well as the Netflix and Chill Horror podcast. Before you guys listen to episode 8, do me a favor and go subscribe to the new iTunes feed dedicated to Netflix and Chill. Are you 22 Shots listeners? Please head on over there and subscribe as well, because that is where you'll find a new episode of the Netflix and Chill Horror podcast every two weeks Bi-weekly is what we're doing, and it now has a dedicated feed. So if you are curious how to find it, you can also check the link in the description to the YouTube video, as well as posted on Horophilia, and there is an iTunes link where you can easily subscribe. Never miss an episode of Netflix and Show Horror Podcast by subscribing to that feed. Thank you very much, guys, and enjoy the show. Alright guys, hope you enjoyed our review of Evolution, and I believe JP had a few more things to discuss. Yeah, so there was a few things that came... Fuck <laughs> <Like> you! <laughs> what are you doing? Bad. Like, you this. don't have to say it like... Look, I bet Dave right, Z wouldn't is... yell at me. I bet Mr. Watson would let me be myself on here. No, you don't understand. Look, okay. back with episode number eight of the netflix and chill horror podcast and as always i am joined with my buddy jp only this time we are not back on the couch this time we are doing it over skype trying something a little different because i just got a brand new setup what kind of setup did you get well i got a microphone and a pop filter and um the headset but well, headphones rather, but I'm not really using those. But I got it in a package deal type thing, so I figured why not just grab them too. That's and cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I actually pointed out what kind of microphone uh, to for you to get, but also something that I wanted to mention, guys, a little insider information. We've actually never done this on a couch. It's always been on a futon because you don't have a couch. I do not, but I'm going to upgrade soon. So maybe one of these days we'll be able to actually do it truthfully and do it on a couch. Yeah, so uh, we like to lie to you guys. But one thing we are not lying about is the preview that we gave you guys on Facebook. If you haven't joined the Facebook group page, please do so. It's Netflix and Chill Horror Podcast. I posted a little preview that suggested that we were going to be covering more than one film. And we actually are. In a second, I'll get into what we're actually going to be talking about. But first, I want to just say that I'm not sure how we want to take this show. At first, we did want to just cover one new film that was on Netflix, Shudder, Hulu, or whatever, and then kind of just leave it at that. But the more we kind of get into this show, the more we kind of looked at like, oh, we can do like themes, maybe do like an old film and a new film, or maybe we'll just do a new film and that's it some days, but just so happens that this show got delayed in recording so we decided to watch a couple other things and we might go into that territory a little bit more where it's kind of a hodgepodge of things like tonight's show this is definitely by far the biggest type of show that we've done for netflix and chill uh we'll see how it goes and see how you guys like it and if you guys want us to cover more things per episode maybe we will uh what do you think about that carly yeah i mean I'm excited for tonight's show, and I would love to 
start covering more and more things and expanding the show. Like I love doing a featured review, but it would be great to like do more TV shows and like reviews on things that are similar. Things like that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I I, I think so too. Because I actually had fun in preparation for the show, and it was kind of random. We didn't really plan it out too much. I was just like, "Hey, watch this. Hey, watch this. Yeah. Hey, we're going to talk about this. Watch this." So the first thing that we are going to talk about tonight is Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Uh, the return. And we're actually going to talk about the original series as well. We're going to compare uh, those two series. We watched one old episode and the new uh, season, the first episode in the new season on Netflix. So we're going to talk about that. And then we have two horror films with a funny story, uh, both about babies. Uh, one from 1990, it's called Baby Blood, and one from. 2013 uh, from China called Baby Blues. So keeping with the baby theme, we're going to talk about both of those films as well as maybe a little bit of Netflix news and then finally lead into our 2016 slash 2017 featured review of Prevenge out of the UK. So jam-packed show. Let's get into it. First up, we're going to talk a little Mystery Science Theater 3000. And the first thing that I want to ask Carly is... What is your familiarity with the show? How familiar are you with Mystery Science Theater 3000, if familiar at all? Um, I really wasn't familiar at all with it, besides knowing the name, like the title of the show I had heard before, but I knew nothing about it, what it was about, or like how it came about, or anything like that. So whenever you heard me say, oh, wow, because I was over your house... I was flipping through the thing and I seen that they had put old Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes on Netflix. I was like, oh, sweet, Mystery Science Theater 3000. And I was like, I said that name to you. What was your first impressions uh, when I said that it was on Netflix? Uh, what memories did you have of that? Oh, well, I just kind of thought like the title was kind of weird. Had nothing like I had no idea what it was. And then when we when I saw like the picture and you clicked on it and we like saw a little preview of it. I was kind of like, this is kind of, this just looks so old and sort of lame to be honest, like right off the bat. That's kind of what I thought. But then again, I knew nothing about it. So I really couldn't give a solid opinion on it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, have you seen that classic silhouette of the movie theater seats over like a movie before you know what I'm talking about, how you actually watch Mystery Science Theater 3000, where it's the, the mm -hmm. theater and then the two robots and, and the host sitting there watching it. Have you seen that silhouette before, or had you never seen that iconic silhouette? I've never actually seen that, now. Oh, that's interesting, because uh, my experience with Mystery Science Theater, the, theater 3000 <laughs> is uh, actually quite interesting. Um, I do remember when it was on its both Comedy Central run and the Sci-Fi Channel run, and I always hated the title, Mystery Science Theater 3000. But yeah. then I would flip it on sometimes, and it was like a movie, and I didn't understand the concept. I was a little too young to understand what it was about, because I probably first seen Mystery Science Theater 3000 when it was on the sci-fi channel back in 1997. So I was around six years old and I, you know, that was the first time that I actually tried watching it. I had seen it on before that though, back when it was on comedy central, but I actually tried watching it on the sci-fi channel. And the first episode I ever remember seeing was squirm. 
And that's really uh, the only episode that I really remember much about. I was not a Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan at all. I knew what it was, and I think that I would have liked it had I been a little bit older. Because I just... I just didn't get the jokes and the, the, I just didn't get the concept at all with my young brain. It being only like five or six years old. So, uh, I did try to rewatch it years later when it was on Netflix streaming, uh, before, like, I don't know, probably like six or seven years ago, they had episodes on Netflix streaming and I watched a few back then and I really enjoyed it. Uh, but since then I have had not had any experience with it whatsoever. I've always wanted to get into it, but the DVDs are insanely expensive. There's usually like four uh, feature films episodes on each DVD, mm-hmm. and they usually run about like anywhere from like forty-five to like sixty dollars, I believe. Sometimes Jeez. you can get them for thirty, but and there's a, a million volumes. There's like thirty plus volumes of that stuff, so it's it's quite a pretty penny to collect all those mystery science theater 3000s uh it's such an interesting show because they're actually watching the full movie which means that if it's not public domain you have to license the film in order to to show it uh so that's why it becomes problematic when you release it on dvd years later because you have to have the rights to the tv to the to the movies themselves um so Let's get into the original series, because what I told you to do, Carly, was to pick one episode from the 20 episodes that they had on Netflix and watch one of the old episodes. Which episode did you watch? I went with Pod People. I'm not sure which number episode that was on the list. I kind of just scrolled through and found like a movie title that I thought would interest me a little bit, because I think like a big thing about this show is like the movie that they're watching kind of depends on how much you're going to like the episode, even though they're all like bad movies. Like I think you have to be somewhat like entertained by both them and the movie. So I went with pod people. I would agree with that. I feel like the film that you watch is definitely a part to how much you'll enjoy the episode. Uh, pod people was actually from what I understand one of the more popular episodes so you actually picked a pretty good one at random that episode mm-hmm. was from, from season three which aired June 15th 1991 which is pretty <laughs> pretty interesting and me personally I went with Manos the hands of fate which was from uh, season four and it aired January 30th 1993 uh, Manos the hands of fate is considered one of the worst movies of all time, if not the worst movie of all time. Um, so just my brief sort of experience with, uh, my brief impressions from, from revisiting the classic episodes of mystery science theater 3000. Um, I wish that I kind of had seen more episodes because the stuff that's happening in between the movie, I'm not really too familiar with. Like there's a lot of jokes and stuff between, between like the people that put the guy there and you know the robots and and stuff like that that I'm just not privy to you know there's there's probably a lot yeah. of recurring jokes and in jokes and stuff I understand the main concept basically this guy was you know sent into the satellite and and there's these bad people like trying to world dominate by showing him like bad movies and eventually they'll find the worst one ever that makes people crack or whatever so uh he creates these sidekicks to 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 be able to stand watching these movies 
the only way to do that is to make fun of them. I understand the concept. It's pretty cool. It's actually really fun and creative for uh, something so simple that became like a huge cult phenomenon. And the episode that I watched, Carly, Man Was the Hands of Fate, uh-huh. I didn't care for all that much, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, I thought there was some funny jokes in it, but Man Was the Hands of Fate is a really boring movie to watch. Um, it just, there's nothing happening. I think the funniest part was the fact that there was this police officer that just kept showing up like <laughs> over and over again. And they had some funny jokes with that. Um, but I'm not sure how the Manos Hands of Fate, uh, episode is considered or, or, you know, held amongst fans, but I actually did not like it too much, but I still enjoyed the, the, the riffing on the film. I just, it was definitely probably not the best episode to watch, uh, to review. So your episode, you had a little bit of a different experience with, from my understanding. So what, what happened with your episode? Well, the pod people is basically a movie that kind of, what I read about it said it was supposed to be like a straight up horror movie, but it came out around the time that E.T. came out. So they were trying to like market off of that. And it's basically like these creatures, they got like, they got like the elephant trunk thing going on on them and they're like coming down to earth or whatever. It's really a hard movie to follow, but, and there's like a scene where like the kid becomes friends with one of the monster things. And that's kind of how like, it's like from E.T. So this movie, like I would say the movie itself was kind of entertaining just because it was almost so bad. It's good. And then, like, their commentary on it, like, I actually laughed out loud a few times at it. So I had fun with it. So so you actually laughed out loud, which, I got to be honest, did surprise me when you told me that you actually enjoyed uh, mm-hmm. that episode and the show in general. Because I personally thought you were going to hate it. Because me too. when we were <laughs> hanging out the other day, I actually hit play on it. And you just looked miserable. And we only watched about 15 minutes. And I was laughing a little bit because it was very nostalgic. Because I remember seeing it all the time. Even if I didn't sit down and watch it and get the jokes and stuff. I remember it would be on marathons on the Sci-Fi Channel all the time. And, um, you know, I would always... I would if, it, if they were doing like an actual horror movie, I'd watch it a lot of the times. But I'd mainly just try to watch the movie. Uh, now for you saying that you actually enjoyed it, I was so surprised because this is not up your alley. Like you're very, um, you're a lot, you're, you're a little bit younger than me and you Yeah, that's another reason why I don't know much about it either. Like it was probably still on TV. Like you said, like something about 1997, that's the year I was born. So like I like grew up in the two thousands really. So like this type of stuff wasn't on TV for me to really watch. Yeah, so th- this show ended in 1999, <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So th- yeah. th- you were just barely uh, alive <laughs> by then, you know? Two. So uh, it makes sense that you w- wouldn't have seen it, but even that, even saying that, like, you do sort of have, like, that millennial sort of style about you sometimes where anything that's too old, like, from the 60s that's not, like, psycho um you usually aren't too interested in or you don't like you definitely have that thing where like you just don't even want to give it a shot most of the times just because you you think that you're going to be bored but uh do you think that this shows that maybe um being a little more open-minded can sometimes be beneficial 
Yeah, and, like, another thing is, when we were watching it, we only really watched, like, that intro part. And to me, it was, like, just goof too goofy for me, my liking. Like, I don't really like goofy stuff. Like, I don't think that's funny. But then I didn't realize they were going to be watching movies, and I love... I always love hearing people, like, talk smack on movies and, like, just give, like, funny commentaries with them. So I really like that aspect of it. Like, I wasn't a huge fan of the little... I know you like the parts where it's just, like, the breaks in between the movies. Like, I didn't love those, but I still enjoyed them. And I could... Yeah, I would be more open-minded to watch older stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. So then we watched, uh, we both decided to watch the first episode of the newly launched Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is actually um, a Netflix original, which is really, really cool that they that they did that um, because this show was dead, right? Like there was, there was no sign of it coming back. And I remember on the 22 shots, we actually covered the announcement that there would be a new season potentially because it was uh, the Kickstarter. Um, they did a Kickstarter for it, which is, you know, uh, it was either a Kickstarter or Indiegogo, but which is incredible because they raised like a ton of money. Um, they ended up raising uh, 5.7 million um, total. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, the total. F- you know, campaign was uh, five point seven million. It's crazy. Yeah, four thousand four forty eight thousand backers. Uh, <laughs> so this thing, you know, av- and that happened back in December of two thousand eleven. So it's been quite a while since that campaign has ended. Um, and I guess it took a little while to do the production, which makes sense. But they actually, I think, only they initially wanted to make like seven episodes or something like that. Um, but they ended up getting so much extra money that they were able to produce a few more episodes. And, and the biggest production point is probably licensing the film because it's pretty neat that they were actually able to get some pretty cool movies for, uh, this new season here, the revival, because, um, you know, having the, having that type of money, they didn't just have to settle on public domain films, which honestly, they've probably done so many public domain films. They probably run that well dry considering how many episodes of mystery science theater 3000 there is that you kind of need to license these films in order to get funny episodes because a lot of these films are owned by, you know, different rights, you know, different, different production companies. So anyway, we did watch the very first episode of the revival, which is titled what? Reptilicus. Reptilicus. So how you, yeah, I had trouble remembering how to say that, but what did you think of that? <laughs> well, personally, dude, I actually liked it way more than the Manos Tanza Fate episode. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> like, I thought it was awesome. Like this, like. It actually surprised me when I went online and seen people say like some things about it. Like, like people were actually saying that they actually did not like this new season at all. And I was like, I was really confused by that. And mm-hmm. the reason I'm confused by that is I think that 100% they are biased. Um, because 
I, being completely objective, did not like this show growing up, did not, you know, was not very familiar with it. I'm looking at both of them with semi-fresh eyes, and they're the fucking same thing. Yeah. They're not very different. Like, people were saying, like, they're so much different, and I'm like, I'm like, not much you can change. They're the same thing. Okay, the host is different, still the same kind of jokes. 100% still the same kind of jokes. Uh, another thing that, that people said that they didn't like was the amount of jokes. And I was like, okay, you're tripping homie. Because I like that. There's a lot of jokes because if there's not jokes, you're just watching a crappy movie for Mm -hmm. most of the time. Like I didn't think there was too much jokes at all. I thought, I thought that, yeah, they are amplified a little bit. There is uh, more jokes per minute, but I think that's genuinely a good thing considering how much attention spans have decreased over the last 20 years. You know what I mean? Since the, since 1997 or whatever. Um, I think that it's a good thing that there's, there's more jokes. And I thought that the movie that they chose for the first, uh, film reticulous, reticulous, whatever it is, was actually a good choice because reticulous is a movie that is not too old and boring. Yeah. It's in color. It opens up actually quite well with like some like gore type stuff, you know, like this giant lizard body thing with blood. Yeah. So it's Yeah, like, it's not it, bad. It has like entertaining value like and it's and it's pretty decent all the way up until you see Re- Repticulus or <laughs> <laughs> It's like <laughs> Oh man. Um, but I, I like the, the nods to the old show that there is, you know, I, I like the self-awareness where they're mentioning Netflix and they're mentioning current things. Um, I thought that that was pretty cool. What, like, what is your opinions on it? I know you said you like pod people a little bit better. Yeah. Um, like I have completely fresh eyes for both of these shows, like never seen them before at all. So for me, I mean, they seem pretty similar, like. I don't mind all the joking around. Like, I, I like that, too. Like you said, like, it adds more entertainment. And it seemed like they did a lot more mocking of the characters. Like, if the people would be standing there and the one guy would be like, oh, is this the line for the bathroom or something? Like, I love when they, like, put words in the characters' mouths and stuff <laughs> like that. And then the only thing, like, I kind of didn't like the host either. And I don't know what it was. I think it's just the look of him. I think it's just because it's a completely different guy and, like, I mean, I'm sure he's not a bad guy. It's just like one of those things like where you replace the guy who did the original Blues Clues with like Joe or whatever his name was for me. But yeah, um, other than that, the third guy, right? Did you know that? Yeah, I did. I did know that. Actually, I looked it up and I was like, geez, they've actually been through a few of them. But yeah, I like the original Joel guy. Um, I also liked how the robots looked kind of the same and the scenery the setup was kind of like it, it looked old like well just the well, effects that, weren't that's that what was so cool about the yeah. the show in the beginning was it's intentionally cheesy looking it looks very do-it-yourself yeah. like it looks like some guy in his garage made this show which is what you want and i'm glad they did <laughs> keep that um level of heart to the show if yeah, it was like all new like sets and actual like you know built sets by like professional like building crews like i thought that that would be pretty lame it's cool that they keep everything sort of 
do-it-yourself looking. I really like that about it. Um, I wasn't too crazy about Patton Oswalt and Felicia Day. I don't even like Patton Oswalt, but at the same time, like, I don't see how it's a big difference than the people that were in the original. Like, to me, like, I think that's the thing that everybody that's annoying me about everybody's complaints about this show is they're trying to say that it's so much different. And it's really not. It only is if you're biased to the original source material. If you look at it, they're doing the same things. Exactly the same. It's the same show. From somebody who, you know, is not familiar with all the in-jokes and all that stuff... On the surface, they are doing the same type of jokes. They're saying the same things. It has the same level of cheesiness. If you didn't tell me that it was a different show and I didn't know, I would think that it was the same show. You know what I mean? You can't tell it apart. You only can if you're a super fan of it. So I think people were just being a little too hard on it. Just be open-minded, people, because it's still fun and entertaining. Like, I had a blast with Repticulous. Like, I thought it was so funny whenever, like, there's a scene in the movie where all of a sudden like there's these massive amounts of people like on a bridge like a drawbridge that's coming up and like (laughs) people are like falling and stuff and they're like this looks dangerous and it's like completely the opposite of what the rest of the film looked like where it was like this paper mache like puppet that looks awful (laughs) (laughs) I love that freaking like reptilicus like it just it's so bad and then it's like shooting like the green stuff out of its mouth and it's just horrible. Yeah. Like, yeah, the movie was entertaining in itself, which, like I said, I appreciate that. Like you made a mistake with watching the worst movie in the world for the (laughs) original, I'd say, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested to check out more of the episodes. I don't even know if we might cover more of these on here. Like maybe we will watch the next episode for uh, next episode of the Netflix and chill podcast. Like, like maybe we'll watch cry wilderness, which is the second episode of the new uh, series for episode nine of Netflix and chill. Um, We'll see. I I don't know. We could do that. I I just don't know if, if we want to continue covering each episode or whatever, but I I enjoyed it. So I would be kind of open to it. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Reticula. How do you say it? I sound like I think it's rep. I think it's repticulous. 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 It's like what? I don't know how it's spelled out. I don't have it up in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it's like just reptile with an iculus at the end. Yeah, Uh, it's funny how they even name it. (laughs) Like there's in the movie, the guy's just like, "Well, what are you gonna call this thing?" And he's like, "Well, how about repticulous?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's fine." (laughs) Like, and it's like such a some reporter just named a creature. Like scientifically named a creature. <laughs> yeah, that's and it's like from 1961, so they're like all serious and have like that just 1960s style of talking and like yeah. I, it's like, classic. Dude, it, it really is funny because like there's certain scenes where it's like oh like some of the jokes are like yeah I probably would have said that too, but then like other jokes are like so just out there where it's like they they're walking by this desk and it's like. It's like I'm down to three phones a day now, like because the guy just had like all these phones on his desk, and and I didn't even <laughs> notice. But it's like, yeah, why the hell does he have all these phones on his desk? <laughs> I like the part, I like the part where like 
I forget exactly what was happening, but it kept cutting from like scene to scene to scene, and it was all the same stuff. And it was like, now it's ten o two, now it's ten o three, and then it's like, oh no, the shower's leaking blood again or something. Yeah, that was that was one of my favorite scenes. And then I like when they did the monster rap, uh, where the, it was he was talking about all the different monsters from the different regions and stuff like that. And they actually had another rap song at the end in the end credits. I bet a lot of people missed that. Um, because it's way in the end credits, like towards the end. Um, but yeah, uh, Reticulous is actually not a terrible, terrible movie by itself. Like I own it on Blu-ray and I would actually like, I, like if I watched it by itself, I I actually would have enjoyed it a little bit. So, um, if I was going to rate that movie itself, I'd probably give it like a five out of 10, uh, just an average, uh, type of sixties monster movie. What yeah, I'd probably, movie? Like I'd probably go with the same really? rating, oh, actually, yeah. Me. What did you rate, um, Manos, The Hands of Fate, or whatever? Like a 1.5 or a 2. <laughs> but nothing <laughs> happens! It's yeah. so boring! Is it like, a long nothing movie? Nothing happens. No, it's not even long. I think it's like 70 minutes or something. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> Yeah. And, like, it's, like, in black and white, too. Like, that would... No, it is in like... color. Manos is Oh, it is? Color. I thought it wasn't when we... No, that's the first episode. That's not the one that I watched, I don't think. Oh, I thought it... Oh, okay. My I bad. I can't remember. But, so, what did you rate Pod People? Um, I'd give it, like, a 5.5. I don't even know why I liked it. Like, I didn't even understand the story half the time. I think just listening to those guys talk about it made it, like... Yeah. better like i'd probably hate it if i actually watched it by myself but well, i was actually very surprised with how easy the story was to follow with repticulous while they were talking like i 100 yeah. percent feel like i watched that movie you know mm-hmm. what i mean and i would say that anybody should anybody who's interested in this show check it out check out the new series i think it's uh more friendly to newer people who's not familiar with the show I think that uh, that sh- if if you were curious about it and you've never seen it before, watch the new series. Watch episode one with Repticulous, and I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, I did. I definitely had a blast with it. For somebody who's yeah. not a fan of the show at all, uh, I think that I think that it was a lot of fun. And I became a Mystery Science Theater fan, and I will go back and watch the old episodes now uh, when they're available because I now consider myself a fan of this show. So if anything, this new series just bought a new fan in JP, who's a a worthwhile fan to have as a fan. So, uh, shout out to Jerry. He was the one, he was one that was like, um, really high on this new series. Um, and then boo to like Lewis and Sam Edwards, Lewis and Sam (laughs) Edwards, because they were like, ah, it doesn't feel the same. The jokes per minute is so cringy. (laughs) I saw their like comments and like right I was all like right off the bat I was like oh man I'm gonna hate this and then I was actually surprised by it because I was like it's not even that bad. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so yeah, that that's Mystery Science Theater three thousand, the return, as well as our opinions on the original series as well. Maybe we'll talk more about that at another time. Before we get into our next review, I wanted to bring up a little bit of Netflix news. Basically, Netflix is producing a 10-part miniseries for The Haunting of Hill House. And Mike Flanagan is going to direct this. Of course, Mike Flanagan from Hush, as well as the upcoming Gerald's Game, which is a Stephen King adaptation. And I believe The Haunting of Hill House 
is an adaptation of a Shirley Jackson novel. I don't really know a whole lot of The Haunting of Hill House. Do you know anything about it yourself, Carly? I do not at all. Okay. Uh, Well, apparently this project is going to be a modern reimagining of Shirley Jackson's classic 1959 novel, The Haunting of Hill House, considered one of the best ghost stories of the 20th century. It originated with Amblin TV's Daryl Frank and Justin Flavey, fans of the book who tracked its rights to Paramount Television. Uh, So basically, I guess this is going to be um, a reimagining of that classic ghost story. All right, next up, we have a pair of baby-themed horror films before we get into a featured baby-themed horror film. That's like three baby-themed horror films on this Netflix and chill. We love our baby horror. Breaking records. Yes, <laughs> we love it. We have covered multiple baby horror films in the past. And All picked by me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is your pick this week with Prevenge. Uh, but we actually got a little email notification from Shudder when Prevenge was announced, and it came paired with Baby Blood, and it's like, hey, check out this classic baby horror film as well that's on Shudder. So I was like, hey, we should do both of those. And then what had happened was I told you to watch Baby Blood, and then you would come to me, And you would be like, did you watch Baby Blood yet? And I was like, no, I didn't watch it. And then I would come back to you and I'd be like, well, I started Baby Blues last night. And you'd be like, (laughs) Baby Blood. And I was like, oh, okay, Baby Blood. And then I would not finish it. And then I would come back and be like, you'd be like, did you watch Baby Blood yet? And I was like, no, no. And then I would be like, oh, I I watched about half of Baby Blues last night. And you'd be like, Baby Blood. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, I was like, I swear to God, I thought it was Baby Blues. And then um, I realized after I finally had finished Baby Blues and I was like, I finished Baby Blues last night. And you were like, it's Baby Blood. And I was like, I swear to God, I watched Baby Blues. We find out that I'm watching the wrong movie the whole time. So I watched Baby Blues, which is on Netflix, and Baby Blood is on Shudder. But I did end up watching Baby Blood as well. (laughs) Yeah, you're an overachiever. I couldn't believe that you were serious about, like, I thought you were just, like, being a jerk and saying the wrong title. And then, like, you're trying to prove me wrong all of a sudden on the internet, and I'm just like, oh my god, and, like, and you're like, I've been watching this movie, (laughs) and you're pointing to this other... And I was like, what, what... What are you watching it on? And you're like, Netflix. And I was like, it's a Shudder movie, like, Prevenge. <laughs> I, I, I was wondering, I was like, I thought, because I started watching Baby Blues, and I'm like, this is 2013. Like, I thought this movie was older than that. <laughs> you, that should have been the dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, and I'm watching this movie, and it's like, it's a Chinese film, for one, which I, I haven't seen a whole lot of. I've, I've mainly seen, like, Japanese and South Korean. Films yeah, that's when it weird. comes to Asian films. But uh, which one? I guess we can start with Baby Blood since we both seen it and that's the one we were actually supposed to watch anyway. So yeah. Baby Blood comes to us from the year 1990 out of the country, France, directed by Alan Robach. Elaine, Elaine Robach. Robach, which is actually uh, a female, I believe. No, it's a man, I believe. Oh. I did. I just looked because I looked it up and it said he is known for directing. Yeah, yeah it is a man. Yeah. <laughs> I sorry. almost made the mistake too. I'm dumb as fuck. And it was written by Alien Robach. 
alien <laughs> kookier um and what we know about uh what's his name alien alien Al- it looks like it looks like Elaine, which is a girl's name usually, but like, I mean, it's, it's French. yeah, French, so who knows? Uh, I don't know anything that this guy has done. Um, Adrenaline looks pretty cool, which he did the same year as Baby Blood. Uh, and also, it was written by Serge Kierkeer. Kierkeer. Kierkeer, I don't <laughs> who know. Who did nothing as well. Yeah, um, so, and he, he also made another movie in 89, it looks like, which is weird that all three of his movies came out, like, in the same year slash year before, and then he was, like, disappeared. Yeah, so do you want to get into the uh, synopsis of Baby Blood? Yes, it says here on the IMDb, when a strange creature crawls into a woman's uterus, she becomes a killer in order to feed the tiny terror growing within her. So the first thing that I want to say is this movie is actually very similar to Prevenge. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because this was made so many years before Prevenge, like 26 years, 27 years mm. before Prevenge. And it's, it's pretty damn similar. It's, it's kind of the same except for like, one yeah. is about revenge and one is just about like surviving, but they're doing the same thing. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought they was just, like, comparing two baby movies, like, on Shudder just because I didn't expect it to be, like, almost the same type of plot. Yeah, so this is a French film, and it is subtitled, so you do have to read it. Uh, But essentially, from what I understand, there's this woman who is working at a circus or something along those lines. Yeah. And there is a tiger that comes from some distant land that explodes and there's a parasite inside this tiger. And then this parasite crawls into the vagina of this sleeping woman. And then she has a baby that talks to her exactly how the baby talks to her in Revenge. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's so weird. Yeah. And it's like, even has like a similar voice. Like I'm, I'm almost certain Mm -hmm. that the, person who made Prevenge had to have saw this movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) it might be it might be so what did you think of this film um to be honest like I didn't love this film I didn't really like how it would kind of jump around like it was like she was at the circus and it was like all of a sudden like two months later she's like a waitress or something and then like a couple months later she's doing something else I just felt like it like jump too much i did like towards the end i started to like it more but all in all like i wasn't crazy about it what did you think um i actually kind of liked it you know what i mean and i will agree that it does not have the best filmmaking techniques uh there there are a lot of amateurish qualities to this film uh but it actually feels like it's a little bit older than 1990 as well yeah yeah um i would agree because 1990 is like nearly 1989 you know what i mean like it's Mm -hmm. it's and it it was released in early 1992 it was it was released january of 1990 so it was made clearly in 1989 but it doesn't feel like an 80s flick to me at all no it's it's very weird weird. and maybe it's because it's french or whatever but Mm -hmm. I think that 
the main problem with this film is the lack of like character development and like exposition explaining what's going mm-hmm. on. Like yeah, it's very yeah. simple. Basically, there's this slug thing that crawls in a woman's vagina, makes a baby, and then like halfway through the movie, the baby wants her to kill stuff. It seems like they didn't even play on that early. Like it wasn't until like later where it really became a thing where the like where it was obvious that the baby was wanting her to kill people. Yeah. Um, it just like moved along way too fast. Yeah, it was it was very bizarre. But I will say, once you actually get to the points where she is murdering people, that's where the movie is good. There's actually some really good shots late in the film. Like, for example, this woman stabs the hell out of this guy with like a screwdriver or, so, or a pair of scissors. And he's in his mm-hmm. like underwear, like his like tidy whities and he's like, I want to marry you. And then she just stabs the shit out of him. And the camera angle is that of the knife and, but, and it's like, it's pushing forward and it's hitting the guy's body. And because the camera is hitting the body, that's where they cut. And then when the camera pulls away, there's a wound there. And I was like, Oh, that's a really cool technique. I actually really like that. And it, it looked pretty gory and gross. And there are a few things in this film in terms of gore scenes and kills that are actually pretty good. I was like really happy. It's it's almost like this is a movie that I like because of its oddity nature. Like it's just an oddity from the nineties. Like I never really heard of it, but it's kind of like a little sleazy and, and fun. Uh, what did you think about like the, the kills and the gore? I love the gore. That was the one thing I really did. Like it was very bloody. And then like at the end where you see, what the thingy is it's like kind of weird but i like that too i don't know it's like yeah i can't describe it it. yeah it's i can't i really can't you know what never mind i can't describe the ending too much but i did like i did like it towards the end it was just like the beginning kind of threw me off and also i watched this movie like the day after watching revenge (laughs) and i feel like the fact that they were so similar almost killed this one for me because I liked Prevenge a little bit more. Yeah. So and I feel I, like if it was a different movie, I would have maybe appreciated it more. And I watched Prevenge like three weeks ago, and I watched this movie last night. So yeah, the gap definitely probably <laughs> helped difference. me enjoy this movie. I was expecting it to be garbage, completely garbage, but it, it also reminded me of like indie films in the nineties we're still like head and shoulders above like the indie films of today in terms of like the, the low, super low, like micro budget indie stuff, because it just was harder to make a movie back then than it is now. Anybody can make a movie now. So like you get a lot more crap at the micro budget level. Um, but I thought that the, I thought this movie was just a, a bizarre treat. Honestly, I did enjoy it. Um, so do you have anything else on this one? Not really. I mean, do you want me to give my rating? Yeah, sure. Um, I gave it a 5 out of 10. It's just average for me. Okay, I came in a little bit higher based on um, the, the camera work and um, the uh, you know gore kind of really like upped my rating. I, I was really impressed with some of the, the kill sequences in this film. Uh, way head and shoulders above what the rest of the film was. So I'd give it credit for that. I'm coming in at a 6.5 out of 10. I'm not exactly sure if this is on DVD, but if it is, it's one that I would like to add to my collection. So that's Baby Blood 1990. And I thought that I would give a little bonus review of (laughs) Baby Blues from 2013 because 
we did not you didn't watch this correct no because i wasn't sure 100 percent if we were going to end up doing it and then like time was running out and i was like uh eh. so i'll just let you have the floor with this one okay so I, I won't take too long on baby blues um baby blues is a 2013 film it is a uh, asian film chinese to be specific and it was made it was filmed in china uh it basically follows a young couple who move into the ho- home and find a mysterious doll that changes their lives forever. That's the IMDb description. It is directed by Po Chi Leong and written by Raymond Bak Ming Wong. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of films that this director has done that I've seen, uh, there are zero. <laughs> Zero films that I've seen. Um, so uh, I'm not going to go through his filmography. He doesn't look that familiar to me in terms of filmography. Uh, has but he done a lot or like just He has little... 29 directing credits, some of them TV. Huh. So he, he's definitely worked, but it's stuff that I don't know. So yeah. uh, basically to describe this film, uh, there is a husband – and a wife who move into a house where there's like a mysterious looking like China doll. <laughs> Get it? China doll. <laughs> yeah. yeah and funny. Uh, she becomes pregnant. Uh, basically, she suspects that her. And this is a lot of build up. There's a. It, you're probably like halfway through the film before you get to like the main point of the film. Uh, and there's a lot of like exposition and there's a lot of uh, character development. The husband is like a music producer who's working on this awesome song with this uh, beautiful Asian woman who obviously um, who (laughs) is flirting with him and clearly is interested in him. So there's that whole love triangle dynamic thing going on. Uh, Even though the husband seems like a good dude and not the type to cheat or whatever. Um, that girl clearly likes him. And then the wife clearly realizes that, that she likes him. Uh, and then eventually she has her babies. That's right. I said babies. She has Ooh. twins. Now Dang. one of the twins dies and then oh. it cuts to them at home with the baby and they're named Adam and Jimmy, which I just thought was fucking bizarre. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that so much when twins have the wrong names. No. That's not even it. They're Asian. Oh. These are Chinese Never mind. People. You're right. like, Adam, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> the and most like, American names in the world. They're so American. And I'm like, why? I'm like, did I miss why they said they called them that? But like, like <laughs> it's like, because it's subtitled and you just hear like, like Adam, duh, 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 Jimmy, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it, like you hear their actual name and then just a bunch of stuff that you don't hear. It's really bizarre. But anyway, so they are home and it cuts to the mother putting Adam into the crib and then she grabs the doll and puts Jimmy into the crib and Mm. she calls it Jimmy. So we're led to believe that she is dealing with some uh, postpartum depression, uh, you know, from losing her baby and nobody says anything to her. The doctors or the husband aren't like, hey, like that's a doll. Like, that's not Jimmy. Like, like that's a doll. So they're just kind of letting her live out this fantasy. And the husband gets concerned, obviously. And he talks to the doctor. And I really didn't like this part because the doctor is like, oh, yeah, that's uh, 
that's quite normal in a situation like this. I'm like, no, it's not. No, that's very bad. Yeah, this is this is clearly going to backfire, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is not supposed to happen. And she's like, and he's like, you might even see some hallucinations too, or something like that. And I'm like, no, what? That is not correct. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I loved the concept of this woman's child dying, and her believing that the child is the doll and then you're wondering okay is the child actually possessed is the doll actually possessed by the child or is it all in her head unfortunately due to some poor filmmaking choices that mystery is never really held there oh yeah so it could have been a really cool movie um this film shoots itself in the foot so many times because it takes forever to get going, and then once it finally gets going, you find out the backstory of why this is happening, and it's ridiculous. It's so stupid and cheesy. And on top of this, I haven't even mentioned this yet, this film was originally released in 3D. So everything oh they're doing in this film makes it look like they're pointing things at the camera and like <laughs> the doll. It's like these zoom-in close-ups with the doll pointing. and It just... It's it's so distracting because it's not even like blended well. It's like it reminds you of like the 1980s, where like they had to work really hard to make the 3D effects work, so they would like point shit at the camera all the time, oh, and yeah. it takes you completely out of what should be a serious movie, and it becomes so goddamn cheesy. Like I've never seen a foreign film or like a Asian or Chinese film that is such a serious film, like. Here's my thing with foreign cinema. It's either A, really serious, or B, completely ridiculous with, like, um, like Machine Leg Girl or, like, uh, zombie-ass Toilet of the Dead or something. Like, it's, like, farts <laughs> the whole time. Like, it's either, like, tentacles and, and ridiculousness and, like, samurais and stuff, or it's, like, serious. I've never seen a film that is serious and cheesy at the same time. Like, it is painfully cheesy like cringeworthy cheesy at times and it completely like derails the film from being something cool uh i'm just gonna come in at a (sighs) (sighs) i I, i'm gonna come in at a six on this one because it does have its moments and it is cool in terms of the story at times and it's not bad like it's like it has it's like a well-made it's like a like, it looks like a high-budgeted movie. It's just ridiculous that they put 3D in this thing because it doesn't seem like the type of movie. Unless I was completely misreading it and it was supposed to be, like, cheesy and comedic the whole time. But I highly doubt that. I'm pretty sure this was played straight serious and they just uh, was unintentionally cheesy. So that is Baby Blues from the year 2013. Not a bad watch, but very disappointing. Yeah, I mean, you made it sound like... You gave a good review there, but I don't think that's something I would check out personally. <laughs> I think you would have been just as frustrated that, yeah. as I was because I feel like you would have liked where the story was going with the doll. Because it's like a killer doll and a killer baby film like at the same time, you know, almost. like It kind of has mm-hmm. that doll angle, but it's about pregnancy. And um, I know you love pregnancy horror, as do I. And yeah. as well as baby horror. Um, I just think that pregnancy horror can be blended so well. 
um, when you talk about films like Grace and, and Rosemary's Baby and stuff like that. But uh, also, it can be like really dumb when you're talking about baby blood, so or baby blues. Baby blues. <laughs> right. So um, yeah, that kind of wraps up baby blues, and and now it is time to get back into the swing of things with the featured review, which is. You can say it two ways. You can say it like this, Carly. Say it. Prevenge. Or you can say prevenge. Because there's no hyphen there. It's one word. So I think that I say it both ways, but I assume it's supposed to be prevenge. And some people say prevenge. So it's... I just think of the word like, well, never mind. That doesn't. <laughs> I say revenge like revenge. So actually, I'm just stupid. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Prevenge 2016, it got its festival circuit in 2016, but its official release in 2017, so it will be eligible for end-of-the-year top 10 lists, and this film is considered a comedy. It, this is very interesting. It is actually written, directed, and starring Alice Lowe. Did you know this? I did not. I didn't realize that, actually. Yeah, so I'm looking is, at it right now. This is uh, Alice Lowe's direct, direct, <laughs> directorial <laughs> debut. Uh, oh she did God. direct a short film, but this is her first feature, and she not only directed it, but she wrote it and starred in it as well, which I thought was really cool. Good for her. Yeah, like that—that's a huge undertaking. Could you imagine starring in the film that that uh, you're directing? Yeah, that'd be crazy. Like, and like, it's a—it's not like a horrible film either. Like, she did a good job. Yeah, so I'm—I'm I'm very interested to follow this director's career. Uh, that's what I like so much about podcasting is sometimes we get these films that are new, uh, directorial debuts, and then we get to see a director who impresses us on that directorial debut, and then we get to follow their career and see what they do next. And I will be keeping an eye out on. Uh, Miss Alice Lowe, uh, and, you know, spoiler alert, I, we both like this movie. Uh, Prevenge is a Shutter exclusive out of the UK. Uh, I believe it is just a UK production. I don't think that it is a co-production or anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, do you want to get into the synopsis on this one? Yes. Okay, so we got a widow Ruth. Ugh. Widow Ruth is seven months pregnant when... Believing herself to be guided by her unborn baby, she embarks on a homicidal rampage, dispatching anyone who stands in her way. Yeah, so uh, basically there was a bunch of people that are responsible for something in Ruth's past, and she wants to kill them, led by her baby who speaks to her, right? Yes. Okay, so... I know you watched this first and you also told me that you liked it before I had seen it. So why don't you take the reins a little bit on this one and uh, talk about it a little bit. Okay. Well, basically this movie is about this girl and her husband. You learn that her husband has passed away. Yeah, but you and... don't learn about that right away. It's kind of pieced together throughout the film. Well, yeah. you I, you find out what happened to him throughout the film like it doesn't specifically like show you you know and i, I kind of like that where it kept it mysterious and it also just let you kind of piece it together and it could be a budgetary restraint on why they didn't show what happened to him necessarily mm -hmm. and it's more like 
um, just told to you. But it actually works for an artistic choice as well as it being a budget restraint. So that's that's good filmmaking when you can take something that is a negative and turn it into a positive. Yeah, because I thought they would end up showing like a full scene by the end, but they didn't. And like I did respect that. Yeah. But yeah, like this girl, basically she's pregnant. Um, like it says, she is seven months pregnant. And she thinks she's hearing her baby talk to her. And much like baby blood, you can actually hear the voice of the baby speaking to her. And basically, she's just going through and trying to find all the people that were involved in her husband's death. And she is seeking her revenge, hence prevenge. Because she believes the baby is basically making her do this, so... It's kind of like revenge before the baby's even born. Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, I think that this movie blends comedy and horror really well. Um, it is comedic, but it's kind of dark comedy where it's not like slapstick or ridiculously over the top. Uh, what did you think about the way that the comedy was handled? Um, when I first like, look this movie up, which it's interesting, like, on IMDb, you know, that website, it says comedy, drama, fantasy up here, and it doesn't even say horror, and when I looked it up, like, it seemed like a lot of pages just had it listed as comedy, and that kind of worried me right away. I thought, like, oh, God, this is just going to be, like, straight-up comedy. I will let you know that that is um, IMDb's, like, highlighted um oh yeah Is things there... but if you go down to the bottom of the page it actually has genres comedy drama fantasy horror thriller ah i see yeah i always end up just looking at the top things and being like oh well it's comedy but um like it wasn't even just this website like a couple of them that i researched on had that so like i thought it was just going to be like a goofy movie but i think the comedy was handled rather well in this like it's not like, it feels more like a slasher horror film than a comedy. And the comedy is just kind of, like, just comments that are a little bit, like, quirky and stuff like that, which I'm always a big fan of that. So I liked it. Yeah, we, fo- we follow this girl, and we specifically remain with her in almost, like, a maniac sort of way. So it does have these, like, yeah, slasher yeah. elements that I thought was cool. And I think that one of the best things about this film is the music. Dude, me too. Like that music has been stuck in, like I watched this like three weeks ago and that music is still in my head. Yeah. I thought the music was perfect. And honestly, the music is such a serious toned music that I almost slightly wish that this film wouldn't have had any comedy and it was Mm -hmm. 100% played serious now, I understand that that's hard to do when you have the baby talking because I feel like no matter how you do that, it's going to come off comedic um, when you yeah. have that baby voice. So I don't know if you had to change the voice or maybe only have her responses and not the baby's dialogue. But I think this film could have even been better had it been played 100% straightforward and serious. Um, I think that it could have been much more talked about because it would have been just raw. Uh, the comedy helps with some of the rawness where it doesn't feel as raw, 
But I'm not going to say that, that that made me not like the movie because I still liked it even though it was comedy. And I actually thought it was very funny at times. It really was. Like I, yeah. I laughed out loud. I thought it was I thought it was a, a great comedy. But I'm I'm just a sucker for straight horror. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of the times that I'm like I see a film as if I can see it if it wasn't comedy at all. And oftentimes it looks better to me, especially when I I did like this story. I liked um, the like closeness of the camera. Like it felt like we were always like right on top of the lead character. And it really reminded me of like following like Frank Zito in in Maniac. Um, Yeah, that's a good comparison. I didn't even think about that. But it is kind of a lot like that, especially when she's like walking through like the city she lives in Mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah, and the music. The music is really mm-hmm. is really what like kind of makes it's you like, like uneasy and like feel like it, it it feels like everything is like just dire and it's just gonna it like this is just a rampage that you're gonna see unfold and there's nothing you can do to stop it and there's like a closeness to it, uh, that you're that you're experiencing. Like I don't I don't know, man. I thought this this film was like in terms of the, the actual filmmaking part, like the technical aspects like the the shots and uh the music and the um lighting and everything was just brilliant like i I love that and that's why i look forward to this girl's work in the future Mm -hmm. and then i like how she's able to kind of transform how she looks like very well in like each scene like she looks like a totally different person sometimes i thought that was pretty cool yeah and honestly like she's what i liked about it too is um, she's not a knockout, gorgeous, like mm-hmm. ten out of ten girl, like dime piece that you expect for a role like this. Yeah, like, she's a little average looking. I would never call her ugly. Um, I do think that she uh is like uglified a little bit because she's pregnant and like drawn out and stuff. But I don't think she's an ugly girl. I just think that she's a little plain Jane looking, which yeah. I liked and I thought was fantastic. And I. I think that honestly, even though it, some people might say it's kind of like a snobby thing to put your director to be the director of a film and star in it. Like, I don't think that's the case at all. I think that she was casted perfect as as the killer, the, the pregnant woman. And I feel like maybe the the director slash writer was so personal to this script that, and she maybe couldn't find a way to, Maybe it was just cheaper to cast herself, or maybe she couldn't find the right person, so she just did it herself. I don't know the story. I would love to find out. But whatever it was, I, I felt like it was good choices, and she did a great job. Like, mm-hmm. I- I'm super impressed. When I read that, that she was the star, I was like, bravo. Like, like, congratulations. You did a fantastic job. And to see this film get a lot of love, and to see everybody... Uh, giving it you know high ratings and talking about it like positively i'm very happy for the success of this film and this um young filmmaker's um success like she truly deserves it yeah like sometimes that can go horribly wrong where you see like oh director writer star producer like everything is like the same person it's almost like a joke but Yeah. yeah i think she made the right choice like she's not a bad actor like just full of herself being like oh this is my movie and i'm gonna be in it too she's actually like perfect yeah i agree um, i agree do you have any negatives besides like the comedy 
like, well, that wasn't really a negative, but do you have um, any like major only, beefs with it? The only major beef I have with this movie <laughs> that I could think of is I didn't love the baby voice. Like I thought that mm-hmm. it was a little cheesy at times and yeah. just sounded a little too like evil. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's I was gonna say the same thing. Like I could not stand it. Like I almost feel like Baby Blood did a better voice. Like it sounded, but that movie's not like a comedy, so like it sounded evil, but it fit. And this one, it's kind of just like you have to do what I say because I'm inside of you. Mm-hmm. It's just it comes off as like a little too cheesy. Yeah, because yeah. like, this movie is kind of like it's a serious movie, like with comedy elements and that's mm-hmm. almost pushing it too far. Yeah. I love revenge films to begin with. Um, but yeah. there is like, as the film plays out and more and more is revealed, like I did think that for being a simple film, because it is a very simple film, there is a le- level of like extra depth to it that you might not expect because like essentially for the most of the film, you're just watching this girl meet each of the people and, mm-hmm watch her kill them in whatever way she's able to, uh, you know, trick them or, or like seduce them or whatever. Um, there was one where she was with a dude who lived with his like mom. And this is like, she's like little old lady. And like, I just, I, it was like such a cool, scene. like it was like a cute scene. It was like kind of heartwarming. Yeah. It's like really funny because like the, like she just killed her her like grandson or like nephew or something. Yeah, and doesn't like his mom be like, "Oh, he's such an asshole. You can do so much better yeah, or something." Like, like she was confused. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, I I I really like Prevenge. Um did you have any negatives besides the baby voice? The only thing is like she kills all these people and there's no really like it's kind of like then she's just going to her doctor like normal and you don't see like on the news or anything like all these people are dying like it just kind of like it seems like people are dying and then she's going about her normal life and like there's no suspicion or anything but i guess that's happened before in other movies too so that's not really a huge thing just because we don't see that Mm -hmm. that 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 stuff you know happen doesn't mean that it's not happening like yeah and like you said it's a like this movie might have had this is like her first movie too so she well, probably just I, I worked think, with i i think that i like that choice where they don't because that's not what the story is the story is about yeah this woman killing these people and to separate yourself from her world too much would make what would, would i think take away from the film a little bit so like i like that to think that that stuff could be happening like it could be all over the news like this you know Mm-hmm. And, and maybe they do suspect that maybe they just don't have any leads that, that tie her to the crimes yet or whatever. But um, I, I'm cool with not seeing that stuff in this film. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, other than that, like it was mainly just the baby voice that really bothered me. I thought this was a fantastic film. All right. So uh, do you want to get into ratings? Yes. Like I said, I didn't have many problems with it. It reminded me of, like, Maniac as well, and, of course, I'm a sucker for these baby movies, so I actually gave this an 8 out of 10. Yeah, you know, I'm a sucker for baby movies, too. I really like them, and I 
really didn't have a whole lot wrong with this movie. I can't wait to see what this director does next. Uh, I love to see talented females, especially considering there are so few in the horror genre that become very successful. And I think that that, you know, sucks. So I always wish them the best of luck. But um, I, I, I love this movie. I thought it was great. And I also come in an 8 out of 10. Nice, nice. Yeah, so that, you know, we've been on a little bit of a low streak considering the amount of films that we've covered so far and the ratings, but um, I think this, besides Santa Clarita Diet, which is a TV show, I think this might be the highest rated film we've, we've talked about. Yeah, yeah, it is actually. Like, this one took the cake. And Finally. then, like, Mystery Science, yeah, and then, like, Mystery Science Theater, like, I loved both of those, too, so. Yeah, this was a great episode. Like, I, yeah, I, I was happy with it. with everything we covered. Um, even the two films that I didn't rate very high, I also really enjoyed um, the experience watching those. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. I, I can't hate. Uh, next week, it'll be my pick. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do if we're going to watch old stuff as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, please give us feedback on this episode, guys, and then maybe we'll know what to do, you know, a little bit more, uh, what you guys want out of it. If you like us covering a multitude of things or you guys want us to stick to one film or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that's it. So you want to take us on out of here? Sure. Um Thank you guys for listening to episode 8. Can't believe we're on episode 8 already. Um, Once again, you can check us out on Facebook at the Netflix and Chill Horror Podcast group page. Um, We'll be sure to add you into that. And yeah, we will see you next time. DM from a teenage beauty Wants me to come to a spot and watch Goonies So I slip me a roofie Then slid my dick in a slippery loadie Rolled up some reefer On the lower back while I beat that beaver In the bedroom theater Pulled it out of her ass Wiped off on my t-shirt She want red wine and dinner, bitch You getting red vines and Twizzlers Soft porn, cock in the popcorn Show some respect Robocop song, blue Till the teeth hurt Bust two nuts That's a double feature Who would've thunk it Netflix The new code Would for fucking Baby what's the deal You wanna watch Netflix and chill Baby I'm for real I won't pull out If you want to pill Baby what's the deal You wanna watch Netflix and chill